0: Hey guys, brand new podcast, Two Bears, One Sap, this Sunday. If you're hearing this, this Sunday, Two Bears, One Sap, me, Tom Segura, and Warren Sapp are watching the Super Bowl live Sunday at 3 p.m. our time, 6 p.m. your time if you're on the East Coast, and we're going to have a blast. We've got some barbecue coming, we've got drinks, we've got a little you know, extra stuff for partying. in. We're going to get Warren fucking wasted and see if we can get him just to talk some shit. It's going to be a blast. We're going to watch the whole Super Bowl together. We've got a bunch of sketches we've filmed. We've done some uh, Super Bowl commercials of our own. And we're going fishing. We'll film that. We'll show that. It's going to be a blast. So check in. It's live Go to ymhstudios.com. You'll find it. But it's me, Tom, Hornsap. Sap. For all you guys who wanted, that two bears, one sap podcast. I'm telling you, we're trying to get him. We're trying to get him. If he just does one of these with us, he's going to go. These are the two greatest guys in the world. I'm going to move out to LA and start a podcast with them. So it's going to be a blast. Hopefully Snoop Dogg goes fishing with us. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. Big Snoop. Oh, go big show Thursday nights at 9. PM. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We have more. I think we're getting to the semifinals now. So I'll be changing outfits, but, uh, on TBS, Go Big Show, 9 p.m., 8 central. I will be uh, putting it on my Instagram. Shit's moving around here, people. Big things are happening. I can't announce anything yet, but I got a big announcement coming. A very, very, very big announcement coming uh, that I'm very excited about. And we're trying to get into the new studio. We have a new Something's Burning that's coming out Friday. Uh, you'll hear one of our sponsors later sponsored the Something's Burning, and uh, you'll hear that read. Shout out to um but new something's burning we shot in the new studio for the first time we shot in the new kitchen and it was fucking awesome i did it with my sisters because i'm trying to stay s- conscious listen this i don't know what the fuck's going on with this virus i'm like out of my mind about it i'm boozing for the first time this year really this week and uh because it's a busy busy week i did a something's burning i partied a little bit over the weekend and then we're going fishing friday we got a two bears one cave tomorrow so i'm gonna I booze a little bit throughout the weekend and then i'm back on the wagon come monday come monday big shit big shit coming around the corner can't talk about it can't talk about it but we have big plans for the podcast so we're trying to get into the new studio here's what i was trying to say this virus thing is killing me i don't want to deal i don't know anything about the virus meaning i I don't know why some people are getting it some people aren't getting it i don't know why i was with dr drew for an hour and a half fucking clearly closer than five feet away and I never got the virus, and then he got it and and he got really, really sick. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think I don't I don't know I don't I don't know anything about this virus. I don't. I'm trying to be as safe as humanly possible. Um, that being said, we are p- postponing getting into the new podcast studio. I'm just thinking probably till March, when more people are hitting herd immunity, our numbers are lower and and so I apologize. I sincerely apologize that these are all podcasts are on zoom. It means a great deal to me that you still are downloading and listening the way you always have. We will get in the new studio. Things will change when we get in the new studio. I just, I don't want to deal with the people that like, look, I got all my friends from Florida. I grew up with this is why I don't talk about politics. All my friends. I grew up in Florida are like, dude, it's fine. We go out to dinner. We go to the box games. It's not a big deal. No one's getting it. Right. I got those. Those are my friends. Those are kids. I grew up with people. I love. And then you got people in LA who, you know, say hypothetically, if you get it and then give it to another person, they start shaming you online. And so I don't want to be in the middle of that shit at all. And I also don't want to get the fucking virus at all. I don't get, I know that people go, it's just the flu. I, I don't want to get it because then you hear the one story of the fucking guy getting really sick or girl getting really sick. Didn't mean to gender exclude there. Uh-huh. You like how woke I am. Tom Segura texted me about good news. Anyway, uh check out Two Bears, One Sap. When we get into, st- I know you're like Bert, hypocritical as fuck. You're doing a podcast with Tom. Tom's already had COVID. Okay, I know Bert, but he can still spread. Fucking, I'm so tired of this shit, Halston. I'm so fucking tired of it. I am so fucking tired of it. I am ready. I am ready. Oh, I look fucking good. What the fuck? If you're oh, just- go back
1: to the other one. Go back to the other boat.
0: Yeah, dude. What's up, guys? The traps. One hundred and. 72 miles this year, this uh, year so far. Actually, I'm probably at 180 miles right now. So, Ooh, let's see. Oh, this is so good. This is, I'm, 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 I'm having a good year so far, so let's keep it going. Let's try to stay as healthy as possible. I'm not preaching your politics to you. I hope you stay healthy. I hope you guys don't get that virus. I think that virus sucks. My buddy, my buddy, uh, my, one of my buddies got it and, and it was, had a rough run of it and it ended up coming into pneumonia and shit. It was just bad. So stay healthy, everybody. I'm going to try to do the same. Uh, let's get into the podcast. How about that? Oh, we have a sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Peacock. You know, who's got a special on Peacock? Maj Jabrani. Maj Jabrani's on the podcast. I think next week or the week after what is peacock listen whatever your funny is peacock's got it exclusively stream tons of comedy hits from iconic sitcoms to brand new originals like maz jabrani's new special pandemic warrior bears beats the office on peacock catch all 201 episodes of the office right now that is all you need to say to my family we fucking love the office plus Stream bonuses, extras, bonus extras, and exclusives. Whether you're a super fan or new to Scranton, you'll find something to love. All you got to say is The Office is on Peacock. That is all you have to say. They've got, you can stream every episode, Parks and Recreation, great freaking show. Two and a half men, great fucking show. Plus every season of SNL. Let me tell you something, I get I get in these SNL deep dives. John Krakinski, Krakowski from The Office was freaking awesome this weekend. In the mood for something new, check out Peacock's original comedies like the Amber Ruffin Show, AP Bio, Saved by the Bell, which is certified fresh by Rotten Tomatoes. Don't miss out all the hits, plus more, so much more. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com and start streaming today. Make sure to check out Maz Jobrani's special. Uh, speaking of specials, our, we'll have Moz on in a couple. You'll hear this, but Moz will be on in a couple of weeks. Um, Today's special or today's podcast is with Jeremiah Watkins. I'm sure you know who Jeremiah is. Jeremiah is one of the best hustlers in this game. I really respect his hustle the way he. First of all, there's a lot of respect about Jeremiah. I respect that it's comedy first, always with him. That silly is what goes to the front of his brain. Because that's who I am really at heart It's who Todd Glass is. There's just a bunch of us that love being silly. That's it. That just. The giggle is the thing that got us into this business. I don't really care to be like, I just wrote this thing, this joke that was kind of like punching down about this fucking guy that anyway, I was like, wrote it and I was laughing. I was like, I don't know. That's just not me. I don't, I'm not that I don't, I just, I don't know. God forbid that guy heard it and he gets his feelings hurt, you know? And that's what I love about Jeremiah. He is on kill Tony. He's got his own podcast. Uh, Jeremiah listens. what is it? Jeremiah Jeremiah, w- Jeremiah wonders. Jeremiah wonders. <laughs> Jeremiah wonders and he really like you know those guys like Rick Glassman and Jeremiah Watkins who and and uh, and Jeff Richards who put energy into their podcast and really turn into a production. I respect the shit out of that because listen, you know, just me getting this podcast up and out is a fucking it's a lot. I could never come up with a new character or have fun or the the shit these guys do is next level. So check out Jeremiah wanders, but more importantly, he's got a new special right now called family reunion. And it's on, I think it's on Amazon. I think it's anywhere you can get a, get a special right now. I, I found it on Amazon. What's amazing about this. And we talk about this on the podcast is his family. What's really amazing is his family. His dad is a different kind of fucking dude. And we talk about that on the podcast. We talk a little bit about we go all over the map. I haven't seen him in a while. Normally run into guys like Jeremiah, Tony or, or Red Band or, you know, fucking anyone. Rick Glassman, anyone at the store and you just bullshit and catch up. And we haven't done that. So we catch up. So it's a good podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Check out his special family reunion. Check out his podcast. Jeremiah wonders his podcast. Anywhere you get podcasts. His special is on Amazon. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend, Christian Soldier, <laughs> Jeremiah Watkins.
1: This is
0: what's up? Sorry, I just got I just got off the treadmill. It's all good. I uh you ready, Halston? I feel like uh, I feel like I can't get anything done unless it's right up against the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm I do a- better with a deadline. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, my wife is always waiting on me because I'm like, all right, five more minutes. Like, <laughs> I'm always like delaying everything. Like, she's like, when are we gonna eat? I'm like, 7 p.m. and that's like 6:59. I'm like, uh, okay, all right, I'm almost there.
0: Where are you at right now? Are you in? Are you still? You're not in Texas still, are you? Uh no, I'm in LA. Nice. Yeah, how was to, that?
1: Uh how was Texas? Uh it was fun. It was I mean it was good to be on the road. Um I've been touring a little bit here and there like throughout the entire pandemic. Uh so Texas was cool, like awesome was fun and then I did uh, a weekend in uh Fort Worth at Hyenas and it was nice to be in front of crowds again, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> felt good felt really good and then touring, i just what's what's touring like right now like are you are you not doing you guys aren't doing kill tony weekends are you no uh-uh you did one kill tony show i think i you know it's funny man i i wonder if i'd be healthier if i didn't know all this information like i i i saw the joke post you did about that you were going to texas and then you're like just for the weekend or whatever but yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I follow i follow you i follow so many people that i am friends with I know so much about what you guys are doing and then like, and and I feel like, but I don't have conversations unless it's on a podcast.
1: I know. I know. Well, that's how I feel about it. I watch your stories and stuff and I feel like I'm living with your family sometimes and then I'm like, I, they don't, they don't, they don't know me. <laughs> Bert's family doesn't know me.
0: Isn't that weird? But I know really you, weird. I know you're I, like, I want to talk to you about your dad because I'm fucking blown away by your dad and how the fuck you showed up out of his loins and are the person you are. I mean, I sat on the treadmill the other day after I watched that and I'm going, all right. So Jeremiah's parents got divorced. His mom married a computer programmer. Like something must have happened for that. We'll get to that. I want to talk about touring though and what it's like touring in the pandemic because I know what I've done. I did a couple clubs and it they scared the fuck out of me
1: how many people do you think were at your clubs that you're performing
0: Uh, at? One, I would say 500.
1: See, all all the shows that I've been doing have been like real limited capacity where the most, the, probably the biggest crowd I did was probably in Tempe. There was like maybe 200 and
0: some. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, see, I, I was doing them at the beginning of the pandemic kind of mm -hmm. before, but you know, like, this pandemic has been a really interesting experience because we haven't really known all the truths.
1: Well, there's been like different layers of like how serious we're supposed to take it. So then we get kind of re scared and like, Oh, am I doing something wrong by going out and doing shows and stuff like that? But, I've just been doing the limited capacity social distance shows. And then I just haven't been doing like meet and greets or photos afterwards. I just do like a Q and a from the stage. I'm like, that's great. You're playing. I was like, if you're planning on saying something to me after the show, like we can do it now, but like my wife's home at pregnant, like she's pregnant right now. Like I can't really risk, like I love you guys, but like I normally hug you and shake your hands and all that. But you know, hopefully you get it. And how's it been? Has it been good? It's been good. Like people understand, like, and if somebody like, is like uh you know a listener of the podcast or something or like one of the things i do they'll you know they'll raise their hand and i'll point to them and they'll ask me sometimes super inside podcast question informations I love that. I love like that. And stuff like that but i'll i'll do it from the stage and then i'll try to dig myself out like before i close out the show because sometimes the q a is like snappy and it works and then other times it's like too inside right. baseball and then i'm like hey, i gotta I I got got to close the show
0: i got told by gary goleman um one time I did a q and a, and he was like he was like very candidly and by the way, Gary's one of my closer friends that I've ever had in this business, and I respect whatever the fuck Gary's opinion is, I respect, so I don't want anyone to come off and think it was shitty, but he was like, i mean pretty arrogant, considering that you're like not an oscar award winning filmmaker, and I was like." <laughs> And I was like, oh shit. But then I want but then, you know, that one by the way, that was that was probably 15 years ago. I was doing a QA 15 years ago when no one knew who the fuck I was, Jeremiah. And but it's interesting because uh because I saw Rogan used to do that. And it's and and I think, you know, I think in lieu of a meet and greet, I think that's a great fucking fix.
1: That's what I say. I literally say in lieu of you know, meet you guys out front. Like if you had a question or you're planning on saying something to me, even like I'll talk with you like from the stage right here. And then people usually, and then sometimes like, you know, you'll get the questions where it's clear nobody has followed anything you've ever done. They'll be like, how'd you get into comedy? I'm like, I'm like, I've done a lot of podcasts that you can look up. Like, uh, thank you for the question, but I'm not going to answer that right now.
0: You know, what's fascinating is there is, I hope this to, well, by the way, I'm, I apologize. I'm fucking coming off hot. Like I just got off treadmill. So I have a lot of emotion. No, I love it. I love but, it. But I, but I go, but it is interesting because we've done so much talking in our lives. Me, me and you specifically, I, I don't know how many podcasts you've been on where people know enough about you where you do go to a not arrogant, but like when you go to a place where someone doesn't know who you are and wants to start from scratch, there is a lot of like, oh, fuck, I haven't told that story in, like, 10 years. Like, and it it is kind of bizarre where you're, like, like, I don't, I feel like, I feel like things have shifted from when I started and, like, David Spade was, like, David Spade was, like, touring. Rob Schneider was touring and and Kevin Nealon were touring. And, like, we all knew everything about them in a weird way, but without knowing anything about them. And now, in a weird way, everyone knows everything about us without really knowing much about you know what i mean
1: sure yeah i i just did like um uh i was just doing like press and stuff uh for my special that just came out and i had to do a lot of those early on comedy questions because that's what like the newspapers and radio stations want to know yeah yeah and i had to like make it fresh for myself again because i'm like oh man i've told this on so many podcasts that but you know these print publications and these morning radio stations they have no idea who i am they don't follow me or anything so I've got to like, <laughs> you know, talk about being from Kansas and that whole thing. And, you know, it's like that, being, a, it's like being
0: when, with podcasts it's like being a big fish in a small pond. And then because we are a community in a weird way. And then you get out to like regular media stations and they're like, so Jeremiah. So how do you get, how do you come up with your material? And you're like, oh, that uh, yeah, I don't know how that I I'm sure that was an answer back in the 80s. I don't know what to say about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always hard to put that like in, in joke form or something when they're like expecting something they they're giving you the uh and you're like I don't know what you want from me right now, but I don't know if I can give it to you.
0: <laughs> what was the what was are you doing all new material after doing the special? Yes, I have been. Yeah. Fuck that sucks, dick. That sucks so bad. I hate like that. Is the worst when you got when like and, and we all we all what's the coolest thing about it is we all start from the exact same place
1: yeah well i it's weird because i usually get to work out stuff in town in la so i can hit bad spots or like weird underground shows before i take it out on the road but right now the only spots i'm really getting are when i'm headlining out on the weekends and i'm trying to sneak in new stuff and build the hour that way which i've never I've never worked that way before. And um, luckily the audience is like, I think that they get it. (laughs) I think that they understand that like, we're not getting up as much as we used to right now. I think
0: they are a lot more, they are a lot more forgiving. I will say during the pandemic, I I think they've, they've been a lot more forgiving in my opinion. And I could be totally fucking wrong, but I think that they look at the idea that we're even out. Well, you
1: did all those drive-in shows. I mean, how many people came up to you or like after the show or like message you later and and told you how grateful they were that you made those shows happen. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, you, you know, you hope that you hope that they understand that obviously it's less than ideal situation is doing it in a drive-in movie theater, that it may not be the same experience as a theater. And that when you do come to theaters, they, I hope you hope they come and see you in a theater, but then, you know, the the truth is I gotta be honest, man, I, I need like a, I need like, I kind of want to do like a year of clubs. I wish I could do a year of clubs for my next tour because I really truthfully, um, I feel like that's where you create material, you know, in those drunken nights in a, on a Thursday for me, drunken, I like a good drunken show every now and then. Cause I find that when you get drunk on stage, you get confused and sometimes you don't know what you're saying and you're forced to, f- you're forced to be on your heels and come up on- in the moment. It's like fight or flight. And right. I know that I fuck jokes up and because I fuck a joke up, I'm forced to rewrite it. And sometimes the rewrites better. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it's better. You know, it's interesting. Do you feel like you've missed out on not doing a tons of drugs and alcohol on stage when you hear people like Rogan or, or and I, I'm sure Tony has a cocktail or brenny schaub tony has a cocktail brian redband definitely has a cocktail before he goes on stage (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i don't i don't know i don't think i really feel like left out uh i think the only thing that the only time i really feel left out is because uh sometimes people feel like after the shows that i don't want to hang and all like you know what i mean like I'm down to always hang like most of my friends drink or, or smoke or do some kind of, they have some kind of substance, you know what I mean? So like, that's the only time I felt feel left out. I'm like, no, no, I'm hanging. I'll hang. I'm down to hang. But sometimes people will be like, oh, he doesn't do that. So mm, like, I'm not even going to extend the invite kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah. dude, I'm down to riff. I'm down to hang and, and party in that way. So it's just, it's just different. That's really the only time where I'm like, where I I think that the people who are partying maybe feel self-conscious, like, oh, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to be a part of this. And I'm like, no, I'm down. I'm down to clown.
0: Yeah. I'm down to clown. <laughs>
1: <a> <laughs> I know fifties. I'm down to clown guys. I know I'm not you know, drinking that whiskey or alcohol, but I'm down I'm to riff all with
0: you <laughs> <Hello. laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been not partying uh at all for like i partied a couple days in december uh but uh that's it and then not any in january and it's funny sobriety for you is just just you probably don't overthink it do you you just
1: well i've never been without sobriety so that's all i really know so it does, it's not even a thought that really enters my head anymore so you it's just, just at it's the just end life. of the day
0: you just go i'm going to bed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, might jerk off or something, you know?
1: <laughs> I mean, I might do something.
0: <laughs> See, can I tell you? That's my problem is once I discovered jerking off, I was like, okay, I'll be doing that every day. Why wouldn't I do it every day? I'd yeah. do it five times a day if I could, if it still worked, but it'd be I, I, I've, I've tried it, it gets raw. And I'm like, like someone just sent me, uh, I just got a sponsor for Kratom, right? Yeah. And right, I, obviously, I, it's it's pretty fucking phenomenal. But the day I got it, I'm not drinking, I'm not boozing, I'm just having coffee coffee and a friend of ours i won't say their name because i don't know who wants to be outed as as whatever whatever but you know but a friend of ours was saying uh oh it's great it's awesome it's not like overwhelming but it's it's really is and they were saying it's a derivative of coffee and i was like really and they're like yeah it's it's actually you're gonna you're gonna like it and the way they said you're gonna like it i thought oh i don't like to be introduced to stuff i like that i don't know about yeah because once i find something i like that i don't know about It it gets folded into the mix, like it it like like I can't I can't yeah
1: it was like it was never not there it's just like part of the routine now it's like all right I'm gonna take my morning kratom you know go for a jog I thought
0: thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be more intense I thought it was gonna be like I thought it was gonna be like a fucking taking oxy's in the morning where you're like okay I'm fucking tapped out for the day
1: (laughs) no yeah I've heard different I've heard a lot of people say that they really like kratom but you just have to use it in a way where it you know it's not it can sometimes be addictive, but then you just have to use it just like everything else. Like it's just
0: like coffee, just like anything else. Where it's just I like drink coffee until I shake. Yeah. Do you drink coffee? I'm not a coffee drinker. No. You sodas. Uh,
1: if I get a little crazy, bird, I might do some. I might do some root beer. I might do some Coca Colas. So wait. So what I, if I really you- need it, like I was in Texas, I really needed because um, I had barbecue, and you know how you kind of get that that sedative kick in yeah. i had a little bit of a red bull and red bulls freaking work on me because i don't drink pop and, and stuff that very often
0: pop what so wait walk me through the average day not on the road just an a pandemic day for you like what time do you wake up because i'm always curious i want to judge this with like sober bert versus a regular sober person yeah
1: uh it all depends on what time I went to bed the night before but i I'll wake up usually between seven a m and nine thirty
0: so you're that's that's a morning guy you're not you're not like a sleep till i imagine red Band sleeps until like one thirty in the afternoon
1: uh dude he sleeps sometimes till like four p m <laughs> like e- easily like I've I've texted him or something like and he he'll text me sometimes at 5 p.m. saying I just woke up. But that dude stays up till like 8 he's a.m. A a.
0: Yeah, he's a late. He's he does a late like VR
1: and all that stuff. And he, he yeah, he's a night owl for sure. By the
0: way, I don't want anyone to think we're bagging on Red Band. I love Red Band. And no, I, this is
1: just a schedule.
0: It's just it's yeah, like because sometimes people I, I I know I've been sensitive when I hear people talk about me and and they're being complimentary, but you, you, you kind of hear it sideways and you're like, what the fuck, man? Like I, I do shit. And yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't mean to trash red band at all, but I love the guy. I really do love the guy. Oh, we and all yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so uh I just stayed with him while I was in, uh I was in Texas at his new house. He is. Uh, that looks beautiful. Beautiful. New house. Fucking beautiful. Yeah. It was awesome. I'm I, really happy for him. It's great. I, isn't that crazy that like you can, I was watching, obviously watching his Instagram and watching him move and saw, seeing the new house and, there's a part of me that's like easy brian fucking red uh, la hasn't burned to the ground it's not like we're all getting herpes out here like he fucking rogan and red van are just like you guys are all sucking dick sucking satan's cock good enjoy your fucking hellhole bitches i've got a real life and i'm like i'm I'm watching it excited for brian but at the same time going like hey man like i still live here like you're gonna come back every now and then like yeah don't don't forget you enjoyed it at one point
1: yeah, don't burn the bridge that you were just standing on a second ago, right before you went to Texas. L.A. is still good, and like, it's going you're to You're a survive, week ago. Right?
0: Like, if, like, and by the way, he has had some rough runs. I remember he got robbed at gunpoint in Burbank. Yep. But like, so, like, he has a he has phone to pick, but I was watching his thing, and he was like, if you guys want to re- lead a real life of real life, I'm like, easy, Brian. We all party balls. We all stay up
1: (laughs) next on Mansers, Everybody's moving to Texas. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) You
0: guys can suck my cock. I fucking hate this high school. Eat my dick. You got one more semester. Motherfucker. Oh, come on. Come
1: on. (laughs) We, we, we did, we did a a show in Austin together. He did my show at uh, a Vulcan gas company. And he opened his set by trashing LA and the Texas crowd was like,
0: yeah, (laughs) he's such the guy that goes to Australia and he's like, Americans suck. And they're like, yeah, we're so stupid. We fucking you would watch those guys when you go abroad. I was with Patrice O'Neill, and the big money make the big money payday was to be an American and trash America. I will not tell you the names of guys that did it, Greg Proops, but I will tell you. <laughs> but Patrice and I would sit in the, I'm kidding about Greg Proops. Very, very sweet guy. Very sweet guy. But uh, but I w- you would sit in the back, me and Patrice and Voss would sit in the back and watch people trash America. And 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 look, obviously, you know, America has a lot of, uh, issues especially more so now than ever yeah but it's like it's like talking shit about your mom to your friend and then yeah you're like, and then your friend starts bagging on your mom you're like bitch she's my mom you can't talk yeah. i said she's a bitch you can't say she's a bitch yeah oh totally you know and so i i we it was always such a, an easy move it was like just can't can you not write material that transcends you know and but that, no, that's I'm what
1: not, i always felt about like friends who like told me graphic stuff like sex stuff about like their girlfriends or whatever. I'm like, don't tell me this stuff. I have to look at her the next, <laughs> the next time we oh, eat dinner God. or something. I'm just like, like, keep that
0: side to yourself. But, uh, but I'm glad Brian's doing well. Yeah. Looks, I'm, I really, I really do love that guy. He's the sweetest guy. Oh yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm happy that he's happy. Cause you know, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like all of us during this pandemic kind of got a taboo lost, and just and I'm not gonna lie to you if I, if I didn't say it made me a little jealous to see people starting new and and like Theo's moving to Nashville and, and Steve Burns moving to Nashville and everyone. I mean, did Hinchcliffe move to Austin? Yeah, he and Brian uh live there now. Yeah, is, is that's in that's interesting for Tony. I wouldn't think Tony would move there, but but I guess you know. Yeah, it makes sense. I, Tony was such a guy that wrote on every TV show, you know?
1: Well, it's interesting now with, now that Zooms have been introduced, like into the lexicon, like yeah, I guess like my buddy, like Willie Hunter, he, the, his last multiple jobs, he has not gone into an office and he's been staff writing like through Zoom. So like yeah. that's a direction that now that they're like, oh, we can do this now.
0: So or you might be able to- They don't even really need, uh, you know, all Tony needs to do is send in his fucking material. I mean, yeah. really all you got to do is send in your material. I don't need you to be in a room with me. I don't even want to go to the office. Right. This podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. Look, no two people are alike. No two tax returns are like either. Thankfully, TurboTax live has the experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you got married this year. Maybe you have some questions about how that affects your filing status. Maybe you want an expert to review your return so you don't miss any deductions on the new house you just bought or maybe you want to hand the whole thing off from start to finish so you know, you can focus on your burgeoning baby photography career. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or expert or let an expert file for you, TurboTax Live Tax Experts give you the confidence to know that you're uniquely you taxes are done right. Into it, TurboTax Live. This podcast is brought to you by Raycon. I have my glass of wine. I just got off the treadmill. And if you look very closely, you can see my Raycon earbuds. They are freaking awesome. I use them on the treadmill. I've got actually three pairs on the treadmill because I keep them on a rotation of charging. And I steal them. I put them in my bedroom because I don't know if you're like me, but I love listening to the podcast. Or I'm listening to Jocko's audiobook, but I can't do it with laying in the bed. So I throw on my Raycon earbuds. They're tiny and they make all the difference. No dangling wires connected to something, no stem, so you're hurting this part of your ear. They're just tiny little earbuds, stylish, right in your ear for a more discreet look. They're built to perform anywhere, anytime, with water, with the sweat resistant, with me, and the Bluetooth pairs quickly with my uh, my phone. It's enough battery for like six hours of battery, I think, of playtime. So you can pull, unplug for a while and, and just rotate them. Best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of the premium audio brands. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. Here's what you got to do. Go to buyraycon.com slash burtcast. That's it. You'll get 15% off the entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare and then grab another pair and another spare. The whole family's got headsets. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Buyraycon.com slash burtcast. Did
1: Tony buy a house down there? Uh, I think he has an apartment there. I think that he is probably maybe thinking about going back and forth. Right. I think. Yeah. I think he still has his place out here in L.A. That's the fucking
0: move. You go here. You go there. You fucking. I was talking to Tim Dillon the other day. He's like, "Ah, I go to I got a place here. I got a place over there. I'm kind of popping around. Why wouldn't I go to Nashville for a month? You know, and you're single. Why the fuck? I mean, I'm not saying anyone's single, but I'm saying like, if I was single, I'd be fucking everywhere right i don't know i'd be honest with you if my wife cheats on me first of all i would fucking murder her and throw her in a lake that is the truth that is the truth and when and if she ever goes missing they're gonna use this and go he said it i swear to god i need that woman more than she needs me (laughs) so she uh, (laughs) but if uh if i was single i just live on my tour bus i would never yeah,
1: that that's what I realized, like with my wife, like how much quality like wives add to your life, because we have such a small <laughs> like <laughs> landscape of what we're willing to live with and stuff. Yeah, like just like looking around your place, like you see decorations and stuff like that, where if you were just a bachelor living on your own all these years we would be living on tour buses and we wouldn't have anything hanging up on the walls and it would just be like stuff in boxes and like, you know, disposable dishes and stuff like that. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm truly alone. (laughs) Like, but that, that's just how we would do it as comics. Like I, I, it's interesting, like having a wife over the years, like how she's contributed to like, Oh no, we can live like properly (laughs) like humans and stuff like, okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a fresh take.
0: I had a joke. I had a joke in one of my specials about finding the value uh, the joke. The premise was uh, that I was a wild stallion and that my wife had to tame me. And at a certain point, uh, the taming was when she'd go to pet you. And you'd at first you're like, I don't want to wear khakis. And you're like, oh, and then it makes sense. You're like, yeah, maybe I should go to the dentist once then more, more than once every once, every 10 years. Yeah. You're like, I would never go to the doctor. I would never have, I wouldn't have a cardiologist. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on medication. I, I might have a stroke. I'm not even joking. I probably would have had a stroke. Oh, yeah. My wife
1: has been on me for years about um, I have to get uh, uh, skin checkups like dermatology uh, since I had like um, I had melanoma uh, like back in 2015. So like she's always on me like, have you when was the last time you had a checkup? And I'm like, you're right. You're right. I need to call the doctor and <laughs> make that happen. So wait, wait what, how, how, where did you meet your wife? Uh, at Second City out uh, here in Los Angeles, actually. For real? Yeah, yeah. And so, where's your wife from? She's from Northern California. She's
0: from the Bay. Oh, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. And, and now this is going to be your first kid. Yep. Oh, yep, yep. Oh, I wish I could start all over. It was so yeah. much fun. It's so yeah. fun. And especially where you are. I, I'll tell you, can I give you my only bit of advice? And I know that you're where my head was at the time. I've been doing stand up when I had Georgia. I've been doing stand up maybe Georgia's 16 now. Fuck. I've been doing stand up, I get I thought maybe longer, but maybe 10 years? No, maybe eight years. I've been doing stand up eight years when I had Georgia. God, that does that seems so irresponsible. Now that I say that, I'm like, the fuck, man. I was I didn't even I wasn't even making money when I had Georgia. Like I had oh, wow. TV shows and stuff. I'd had TV shows, but I and I knew that I was maybe gonna get another TV show at some point. But like I wasn't making road money on the road. And my biggest mistake, and 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 look, you're gonna make mistakes like this and you, you can't overthink it. But I was I was obsessed with I had a hard time being present in in every moment as a parent because I was obsessed with the fact that I was a loser as a dad. And that like financially I wasn't making enough money or I wasn't doing enough or I was watching people kind of just really blow up or 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 achieve their dreams or, or make money. And I, and I wasn't, and I was really on the outside of Hollywood. I I genuinely at that time in my life was were so far outside of what was happening in Hollywood. I wasn't on comedy central. I couldn't get in half hours. Um, I couldn't get an hour. I couldn't get on television. I, my, I'd have good opportunities casting wise, get to like read for the network. And then I'd, I'd miss out. I'd go up against like Chris Kattan and fucking like big names at the time. And I'd be like, what the fuck? And I had a really hard time dialing in and being the dad that could sit and read a book because I would start to read a book to Georgia or Isla. And I'd be like, I need to fucking be fucking creating. I need to be making something. I need to be like, I remember thinking, like, you think a great dad's the guy that reads a book to you right now. A great dad's the one that is going to work right now. Like, and I'm sitting here. My wife's working, and I'm fucking just sitting here reading books like a fucking loser. And I'm like, I, I remember it, it's it was it's one of my biggest. And then you know, once I got an opportunity to work, I just fucking worked, man. Like I went and worked for Travel Channel. No, like it was it was two weeks on, one week off for nine years. Wow. Like, and I just, but but I didn't have any. Were more. Were you able
1: to? eventually, like, get in a place? Like, how long did it take you to get out of that place where you were comfortable just chilling and reading that book without, like, being in your head like, I'm not doing enough as a dad. I'm not doing enough to,
0: never, to be never, good. Never. never. <laughs> never. I, can't. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a really... Like I look, I'm I'm very critical. Also, I think anyone who pats themselves on the back for anything, I, I don't respect a ton of that. You know, so anyone who's like who's like, man, my special was the shit. I'm like, man, if you don't say your special was garbage in your head, at least like you can brag all you want, but if you're not honest with it, like if you're not fucking beating yourself up about your creative output, and not I could have so-
1: done this, I could have done that. Yeah, yeah that I whole laundry I- list of things.
0: And 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 listen, man. I'm I'm hyping up, getting ready for another special. I mean, well, everyone's always getting ready for another special, but I'm obsessed. I have a I I'm obsessed. I have all my material down right next to me right now, and I'm going through every day, work every fucking day, every goddamn day. And I, those people who don't do that, I don't get it. And those people who can sit, and maybe you know, maybe I look at some dudes. I remember this. There was this dude. I won't say his name, but he's very, very talented. Very talented. Very talented. Like, fucking really talented. And he was a great dad. Like, a dialed-in dad. I remember seeing him at a party and thinking, God damn it, he is a... Like, all the moms were looking at what a great dad he is. He's not doing shit right now. Because he's a good dad. (laughs) that's the advice that you have for me is to be like a mediocre dad more talented than me (laughs) so much more talented and and, and he's trying to like jump back at it and he's like i'm gonna give it another shot And you're like and he's like but his kids are fucking awesome like and then you go what's the trade-off you know like i got pretty good kids i mean they're fucked up but but they got me as a dad and i'm not fucking perfect and and uh and I mean, we have fun and shit, you know, like we yeah, have, yeah. what makes us laugh is not, it's not what people, it's like not what regular families do, you know, like, so I, I just like, I don't man, I fuck, I don't know. I really have no good advice. I have no good advice. <laughs> now that I'm telling you this, I'm like, <laughs> now that the more you talk talking out, you're like, actually uh,
1: <laughs> I have a lot of weird things that have happened, but you, know, you, you having like a, a fun, quirky family. I feel like that's, that's more fun than like, I don't know. And just being like a robotic, like it was a perfect upbringing. And I had a great dad, like the stories that your daughters are going to have about you and the memories like, dude, that's irreplaceable, like compared to he read to me every single night, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't that funny. He didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like you have so many great things that you've offered them that way, even though you might not be stereotypically what you think like
0: is like the perfect idea of a father I don't know I used to hang my hat on like you know it's funny and you'll you'll run into a lot of this you know when once you, once you have a kid and you're still doing the road and you're still working and you're getting jobs and connecting with other dads on airplanes at airports was always a real treat for me because you would because we were all we were all the same type of dads like any any dad at an airport any dad at an airport on a Thursday is the same dad as you right so you're gonna you're gonna run into dudes and i'm for me it was always at the bar but i remember hearing other dad's stories at airport bars and being and feeling good like i remember one dad was one dude was coming back from uh i don't know what war we were in but like afghanistan or something or you know and he was coming home and i was like yeah i was like how long you been gone and he was like two years and i was like what He's like, yeah, two, and I'm, I'm probably exaggerating now I, of the story. I'm sure it was 18 months or some, some shit, whatever. But I was like, fuck, seriously? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, I was like, how can you do that? And he was like, it's a job. It's what, I mean, like, it was so matter of fact. He was like, what are you talking about? It's what I do yeah. for a living. Yeah. And then I was like, I remember taking solace in that going, oh, yeah, this is what I do for a living. Like, everyone's got to pay bills. Certain people uh, go down 180 feet and work on on and weld at 180 feet underwater. That's what they do for a living. Yeah. So if people go out on a crab boat for six months at a time, that's what you do for a living. And I think there's, a, there's an elitist, especially in Hollywood that you'll run into, especially when your kids start going to preschool and like grade school. And, and there's an elitism of like parents that say they're great parents, that they're real dialed in, but they've got like three nannies, and yeah they've and, got a
1: and, team of people that are assisting them and stuff like that
0: and they were real they would be real critical of me like so you just i remember i remember a dude i remember dudes saying to me so you like just every weekend you're gone and i was like yeah and they're like you just go every week every weekend like thursday morning yeah. you leave and i was yeah. like i leave wednesday night and they're like wait so every weekend and i was like yeah the fuck asshole like yeah and you're gone from eight in the morning until Fucking seven at night, and so what the fuck, like,
1: dude? I've had I've had friends who like texted my wife like while I was in Texas. Like, I saw Jeremiah taking a picture with uh, people without masks. I'm just like, I get tested every single time I come back. I'm I'm taking all the precautions. The, those were the comics that I worked with the entire weekend yeah. that I was with in the green room. Like, they're they've been being safe. They've been quarantining outside of it. It's like I'm doing everything I can. But at the end of the day. This is how I make my living. This is what I do for work. Like, you can't be too judgmental of me if I'm doing everything that I can. I understand my wife is pregnant at home. Trust me, I know that that hangs over me as well when I'm going out on the road. I'm trying to, you know, be safe for myself. If a green room starts getting a little bit too busy, I pop out. Like, it happened a couple of times over over the weekend where some comics are piling in the green room, and I was like, "Eh, I don't want to be a party pooper, but I just
0: got to bounce. Like, I just. Yeah. Yeah. and 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 you know what cancel culture has permeated this virus and there is a there is a tinge of people wanting to go you you you, you got it you're one of the bad Oh, like, for
1: sure it, there, well there's a there's a weird layer of jealousy that i've found where oh, a, oh. A within a sucky within our business
0: too keep going it's a sucky
1: situation that everybody's in but when we do get to go out on the road a little bit like that, those are the people who are texting or hitting somebody up like, oh, did you see so-and-so like is is out doing this? It's like part of that is is coming from a jealous place and not like a fearful place of worrying on our behalf. It's like oh. I'm missing out. I'm not getting to do this myself. I will
0: tell you, man, I got to be very honest. I heard a couple of people talk shitty about me when I started doing the tours. A couple of comics, uh, one on Rogan, uh, not not Colin Quinn anyway, everybody, but, uh, but, uh, but I heard, I heard a guy, I heard a guy talk shitty about me. Um, just kind of like dismissing me. And, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was actually kind of odd because I always thought me and this guy were friends. I, I will say one time I accidentally didn't recognize him and said hi to him and introduced myself. And he got very upset, but I remember, and I, and I felt horrible. Cause I was like, I'm sorry, man. I literally was just turning around. We're at the store. I'm drunk. I'm oh, like, what? Like get, cut me a little slack. I've known you forever. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but, and I actually thought, I I hope this, I hope this lands right. I hope you can wrap, wrap your head around what I'm trying to say. And it doesn't come out weird, but like, I actually thought my ambition got in front of me, my ambition, my, my, whatever my brain is, that little broken part of my brain that won't let me stay still, that forces me to do, you know, three podcasts and, and, and tour every as often as I can and try to have, I have like nine projects going on right now, but that's the way my brain is. I actually said maybe at certain times I should pump the brakes and be a part of the collective, the collective moment. Cause I, what happened was I, I, I don't know. I did. I definitely didn't look at the pandemic as an opportunity, but I saw <clears throat> myself being stagnant is not an opportunity not an option for me. I didn't, I knew that I was losing my mind. Yeah. I was like, I need to do, I need to get on the road. I can't, I'm, this is not who I am. I understand. There are certain people that embraced um, this pandemic as comics. And we're like, it's good not to do standup. Um, there are a lot of guys that I think probably won't get back to doing stand-up ever the way they used to. And, and women, I know some women that have actually straight up quit comedy um, and said it. I understand that. And, and, And maybe you reassessed your life, but that's not me. I definitely cannot live a life without stand-up comedy. That
1: was, I mean, that was my whole idea behind uh, putting out my special that's out on Amazon Prime right now, is when the pandemic hit, I had shot footage that uh, was back in Kansas City at the end of 2019 in December. And I, when I went to film The weekend. I was thinking that I was going to put out some kind of like crowd special or something like that. And I interviewed my family and one of the shows, basically, uh, my family ended up sitting in the front row at the show, which I have always told the staff and told my family to never do, because obviously that's a very weird situation to have. So stage right, my mom and her new husband and their friends were on the on the right side and then left side.
0: I knew your parents were divorced.
1: Oh yeah. My left side, my dad and his new wife and their side of the family. And then my brother and his wife were in the middle of the crowd. And uh, it's called family reunion because it was, it was an unexpected family reunion. Like I knew that they were coming to the show, had no idea that they were going to sit like that. And it was just one of those things where I wanted to put that out because it was a special thing that I knew that would never happen again. I would never allow that to happen again as a comic at one of my shows. And I wanted to get that out there. So when, when the pandemic hit, me and my buddy uh, Gage, who helps me produce uh, my podcast, Jeremiah Wonders, we got to work on editing it, and we shopped it around, and then like we teamed up with Comedy Dynamics, and they helped us get it to Prime and different outlets and stuff like that. Because I was it's like-
0: Roku, is on everything right now, right? It's like on everything, yeah. Yeah, it's a great uh, Comedy Dynamics really does a great job. I gotta I gotta give them props because the 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 business program business model they have set up my fucking brain. I wonder if I'm getting dementia. Like the business model they have set up is where you, you put out a special and you can access it fucking anywhere.
1: Yeah, it's it's super super accessible, which has been which has been cool because you know some countries don't have certain platforms or whatever. Oh,
0: um, dude, I remember first hearing you needed to. Um, Bill Burr, Bill Burr said to me, "It's like I played fucking India." And I was like, "What?" Yeah, was like, "Fucking India." Can you believe that? And I was like, "Jesus." He's like, dude, fucking Netflix, you know, and you're just yep. like, whoa, like that you know, reach that reach though, that reach is insane. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of our, a lot of people in our business. And, and let me also say, I don't blame them. Um, I know I, I'll be very honest. I know for a fact when, uh, I got started some people, uh, Brian Cowan and Brendan shops started were the first people I knew touring. Mm-hmm. I remember getting a text from someone. They're like, I was like, wait, are people going out on the road? And they were like, yeah, Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub are doing. Uh, and granted, they both got COVID the first week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They both got COVID right away. But <laughs> they, they went to Arizona and basically just went. <laughs> come on. Oh, baby. Come on. Uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to <laughs> do a <laughs> meet? <laughs> yeah,
1: right. ripping mask off. All <laughs> right. Let me put on Wait. your
0: mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a cool mask. Let me try it on. <laughs> like oh. oh, fuck. Those two fucking idiots. That was the funniest when they got. Co- I mean, now, granted, they're both fine. So I'm yeah, right, they're, they're both, both good. Fine. Now. Yeah, yeah. But th- when they got, when I was out that week. I want to say that was, and we had already planned this whole tour and I've been just, and I remember everyone shitting on them, just trashing them because they got COVID and they got COVID and they were touring and see everyone needs to. And and, and when you're, and I was, I was starting a tour and I was literally like, okay, I realize right now this business is not, we are all on our own little islands right now. And everyone's looking at this as like, Everyone was looking at this as me against the world. Like what's going on with me? How come uh, am, now am I, it, it was a real assessment of like, hold, hold on. Like, how come I'm not going out and doing the road? Like why? And and a lot of it turned into like, you know, only a few clubs were open, but a lot of people trashed Brian and Brennan. And I thought, I thought I'm doing the exact same thing. I know Rogan's about to do the exact same thing. I, if I'm, I'm, I apologize if I make assessments right now that are inaccurate, but I think Theo was doing the same thing. I think, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of comics were out touring that were maybe and, and like Nikki Glaser did some dates Whitney Whitney uh, Cummings did some dates Taylor Tomlinson did some dates I did
1: like, date I did dates I literally had to have a couple of the clubs cancel on me a couple times because I was yeah. I was gonna go I was like this is how I'm making
0: my money so like I'll do whatever to make it happen and, and I think some people were like how much money do you need and you're thinking it's not for me it's not it was nothing was about money I did not I, I, I would i would be honest and say that um you know drive-ins are not as financially uh as as beneficial as theaters theaters are a much better play
1: oh for sure well when i saw you doing that drive-in tour i was like this is like just as much for bert's fans as it is for him like i know like 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 how expensive a
0: lot for me it was a lot for me of like i wanted to get out i was cooped up my house i've been sober for like 60 days and i and i was just losing my mind. I was losing my mind and I was coming up with these ideas and there was no outlet for them. And so,
1: so what was the feeling that you had to feel like you you said you might want to feel like you're part of the collective and, and slow down? Like what was that?
0: Is, you know what I I actually said, um, I wonder if my ambition is, is not great for the community. Meaning sometimes ambition can get away from your ambition can, ostracize you and 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 you look like you're just like fuck everyone else I'm doing my own thing which everyone should do but I remember at one point thinking recently you know that tour was amazing it was a great experience it was fucking one of the coolest things I've ever done and I would never trade it for a million years but at the risk of having say like I'm gonna use a person that is my friend right but like at the risk of having say you know bobby kelly or rich Foss look at me and go dude i thought we're not i thought we're none of us were touring now i know listen i know both those guys are working so that i can use them mm. as examples yeah yeah but like at the risk of having people i respect look at me and be like real cool we're I, I thought we were all taking a break like so you so what we're not all taking a break now i gotta go book dates and be unsafe because i can't rent a tour bus and go like it's, it's, it is, it's, it's a weird thing. So you felt a
1: little bit of pressure in that regard as a comic.
0: I definitely felt felt pressure of people trashing me. I definitely felt it. I definitely felt people going like, and I would internalize that and go, maybe I should have been a little less ambitious. Maybe I should have been, maybe I shouldn't have been trying to like, even now
1: you still feel that I, I, you know, I don't f- cuz I, I don't know man a- anytime like I anytime that I've like tried to be cuz I'm a workaholic I-, I try to be as as part of as many things as possible and I don't I don't know I don't feel like uh, I personally when I see comics doing a lot of things that makes me want to do more things it just like it inspires me more than like makes me want to throw shade at things because if you're able to still do things like go out on the road and also hold down two bears one cave do like something's burning do the bill burt podcast as well as your own i'm like i gotta get to work if this guy is able to do this much stuff so i just i don't know i look at a different way maybe comics look at it in a different way i
0: think some comics i think some comics I don't know, man. I, all I know is I just, it, like, there were times where my feelings were hurt by people that I thought I was friends with saying like negative things about me. And I was like, I was like, man, I'm just like, in my head, I was like, we can all do something. Like could just think out of the box. And then, and, and just, I called my agent and was like, Hey, I want to do drive-ins. And my agent was like, that's not a thing. I was like, see if we can make it a thing. Now maybe that's privilege. Maybe that's like a a privileged comic getting to say, you know, Hey, I'm, make make something happen for me to my agent. Maybe not every comic has that uh, ability or or opportunity. And, but I was like, but I definitely felt guilty that like I I was having all this fun and I was going out and I was doing sold out shows in beautiful locations, in my opinion, at a crazy time in our world. And I go, and and what's interesting is I talked to a good friend of mine and, and you're, a guy we both very know very well, who's touring and asked me not to tell anybody. And he was like, you know, comics are really, being really shitty about it. And I was like, yeah, like that is fucked up is that you're not taking anyone's work away. You're simply saying, Hey, listen, man, I'm willing to do the extra leg work to try to stay safe. I'm you're healthy. You're, you don't have any health concerns the, the the numbers, if you do numbers on this virus, you are 99.9, 98% going to be totally fine getting this virus. Like, even if you got the virus in where you are, I would say almost a hundred percent chance you're going to be fine. And you're being safe and you're doing half-sold rooms, meaning like it's socially distant. You're doing – you're following all the rules and yet some people will still be shitty about it. And I think I got – I it it frustrates me. It frustrates me because that's not – it's very indicative of where our country is right now. Is Everyone wants to be on a different team, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean I – I've had some close friends, which I've been surprised by, like say some stuff about me on, on podcasts or something, you know, catches you off guard once in a while. We are like, Oh wow. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day, you just kind of let it go. And I'm like that, those were fleeting thoughts. And like, I know like how my friends feel about me at the end of the day and just keep moving forward and trying to be positive because we're in a weird time right now. And I think it's, I think we're going to look back and be grateful that we actually did hustle as best as we could and make things happen, like during this weird time. Because there's going to be yeah. a lot of people who look back at this time and regret that they didn't make any progress, either personally with relationships or creatively, or career-wise. They're going to be like, "Man, I could have used that time. That was free time that I was given. I didn't. Why do didn't I write a
0: script? It? Or why did? I mean, look at look at Andrew Schultz and Tim Dillon and Taylor Tomlinson and Sam Morell and Mark Norman. I mean, these are people." who are coming out of those are names that are coming out of the pandemic that much high, they really took advantage of that time and said I will create. And I I, I mean ambition is here's the the uh logline of this con- of this short part of the conversation is sometimes ambition is frowned upon in our business. You know? Like I think that's people's own insecurities though. I really do. Do you were you you weren't around when Dane was Dane was the most ambitious dude I knew with more fucking talent than you could shake a stick with. At. And that rubbed so many people wrong is that he was willing to work his ass off. Mm-hmm. And he was so fucked. I mean, you know, I think people forget sometimes just how fucking good Dane was on stage. Like, and look, you can still go see him, but you understand. I mean, I, I can't explain it properly as like, he never bombed like he never like do you
1: how when did, did were you were you i wasn't out here in la during like the dublin's period and stuff like that but oh i've heard like God. the amazing stories i of mean like that like legendary true. stories of of like his appearances there and the different comics and the lineups that would happen at that spot
0: yeah i mean just game changing game changing um but yeah you know and you know you'll you're you're gonna find that you're you're this is Maybe I'm overthinking this, but I I believe this is real. Is when you have the baby, you'll find a whole nother part of the industry that reaches out to help you because that happened to me is I remember I, I would get jobs from other dads who were like, no, no, I've been there. Yeah, let me, let me help you out, man. And, or I, or I turned down, I remember I got, I remember specifically, there was a club called the laugh stop in Houston and they opened a Houston improv and the improv reached out and they said, we want to book you 22 clubs across the board. Uh, it was like $1,700 for a weekend, $1,500 for a weekend. And I was making more money at the Laugh Stop, but they only had one club. And this right. was now a ton of work. Me and Ian Bag were both working the Laugh Stop. And they gave me and Ian Bag the same offer. And we both left the Laugh Stop and went over to uh, the Improv. And the owner of the Laugh Stop called Ian Bag and was like, dude, you're fucking dead to me. Go fuck yourself. And Ian was like, hold on. What about Burton? He's like, Bert's different. He's got a family. He's got, he's got to worry about shit. You you can suck my dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Things will just work out sometimes for the best, I guess. When's your wife do April 420 right now. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> when so her water know? breaks, it's going to be bong water, dude. <laughs> when do you, uh, when do you stop in the road? Are you, are you going to stop or are you going to go up to right, right to birth? Uh, I think, um,
1: April, I'm definitely off the road. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I've got right now, I've got one weekend in February and I might pick up one in March. Um, but I'll be off the road, like definitely towards the end of March through, I'll probably go back out on the road, like beginning of May sometime around there. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 I, so it's just I, like a, probably like a month and a half.
0: I, took, so a month, off. I yeah. took a month off before Georgia was born and the day after she was born, went on the road, worked with Dave Attell. let me tell you something. Every fucking stand-up comic that's had a kid would take that weekend.
1: Of course, of course.
0: Tell Daniel Tosh the next weekend, and Louis C.K. the weekend after that.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> month to no crash your household. No new, new life, and then just going on the road with like comedy
0: juggernauts. It's like, yeah, come on. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Do you know if you're having a boy or girl yet? Boy. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want a boy at some point? I wanted, I wanted a boy, a little machine. I wanted a boy so bad. You know, it's funny. I'm really grateful I had girls because I I realize now I don't know if I could have I don't know if I could have done a boy. I, I don't know if I could have had a boy. And and having girls is a real. I mean, it's fucking awesome having girls. I love it. I love it. Do you feel but, like
1: it grounded you in a different way because? This, since you were you know main, mainly have guy friends and stuff like that like by like being in a house
0: hold full of women do you think that that grounded you in a different way i think it i think it did i think it i definitely i was i would argue my wife would say there's no argument about it but maybe i was somewhat uh pig-headed when i met my wife started dating her and, and definitely a bro i've always been a bro my whole life and then when I had girls, I started really understanding the value of femininity and women, like understanding the, the benefit, the real benefit uh, of being uh, or surrounded by women and understanding what makes them, what makes, what is important to a woman is like, I just didn't get a lot of that. I didn't listen to a lot of women. I was like, whatever, whatever. I always worked well with women. I always worked well with women, but I didn't know why. I had no clue why I was more comfortable sometimes around women than I was around guys like in the workspace. And, uh, and I will say now it has been a blessing being around. I will say two very strong women, my wife and Georgia, cause they are both very opinionated. And then fucking Isla Chrysler has been a gift from the gods because that is like, that is like the fuck she is like, she's less like a daughter and more like, My best friend's little sister that I get to hang out with, who's like fucking hilarious and you can't get enough of. And, but Georgia is like, will call me on shit consistently and it's frustrating as shit and sometimes i say really meat-headed stuff and she'll call me on that like oh i I fucking you don't tell me what to do with stand up i fucking pay for everything around here and she's like what did you just say mom and i'm like don't you call her in here like
1: (laughs) this is between you and i at the moment
0: you're fucking oh you're gonna call your mom little bitch and like i'm like a horrible 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 are
1: you gonna call her on the cell phone that
0: i paid for (laughs) yeah yeah go ahead call her go Go ahead yeah um but uh but it's been it's been really. Odd. I definitely wanted a boy. When when they told me Georgia was a girl, I went fuck. And Leanne was like, "Don't say that out loud." And I was like, "I just fucking didn't want a girl." But yeah, I, I would. F-
1: I feel like that's a lot of guys, just in general, just because we maybe think that it might be easier, or it might be. It's just what we know. This that's what we are equipped with. Sex. It's just as simple as that.
0: Oh oh. Trust me when I say raising women, raising young women is, goes against everything. I've every granule instinct I've ever had in my life. Everything. It's like, you know what it is like? It's like breaking up with chicks. It's like, you know, remember when you got your heart broken, when you were in like, in like ninth grade or 10th grade or first freshman year of college, you're like, I'm just going to go drive by her house. And your friends are like, don't do that. And you're like, well, what, why not? And they're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her. And they're like, do not call her. And you're like, she's out of the bar with her friends. I'm gonna go. Why wouldn't I just go to that bar? I know she's there. She would, if I was broke up there, I want her. And they're like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that? Is like what it's like raising a daughter. Every instinct I have is the wrong instinct. The wrong fucking instinct. And so I it's been a real eye-opening. I feel like if I had started to date a new chick now, I'd be so much more grounded. And they're like, Why are you so grounded? I go, Oh, I had daughters. You're like, oh, that makes sense. A bird is a catch now. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, he listens and yeah. He, he's in therapy. Like I I I had a problem at the very beginning of um in the middle of this pandemic. I had a problem with um losing my temper and raising my voice and not and not listening. Are
1: and you a yeller?
0: I like do you
1: do you explode? Do you get to that place where you start yelling?
0: No. I I, I think I don't know. I think that I here's the deal is I reserve the right to yell. I reserve the right to yell, and if I do choose to raise, I'm not gonna yell, but if I raise my voice and talk loud, and I have a deep voice so it sounds a little booming, I I reserve the right to be able to do that. And I was told at one point that that is not cool.
1: Yeah, I, I do the opposite, which concerns my wife sometimes, is I bottle it up and then I get quiet and I go, okay. (laughs) and and she's like she's like this is she considers that worse sometimes she's like sometimes i just wish you'd yell at me and i'm just like no that's not how i do it
0: (laughs) no and so i I went i got into therapy and i was like uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go to therapy um because i don't i want everyone to feel heard and i want everyone and i want to feel heard and my therapist was like fucking hit it out of the park He was like, right now you're in a toxic place in your head and you're having feelings that you shouldn't share. So he's like, don't he's like, tap out. He's like, if you feel like you're like spinning out, go to your room and spin out by yourself and then wake up the next day and don't talk to anyone, wake up, bring a bottle of wine in there if you need to, but do not leave that fucking room and go to sleep. Spinning out is just code word for jerking off, (laughs)
1: just jerk (laughs) off and go to sleep, spin out a little bit. You'll be set, man. (laughs) like you're a therapist you're telling me it's like dude sometimes you gotta come to
0: relax all right (laughs) (laughs) you gotta jerk off and punch a wall and so yeah it's totally fine (laughs) yeah so he goes so i did it one night i got you know what was happening was it was it was a weird control thing is that my daughters had an ability to spin me out and they were they didn't notice and they didn't care and i was like i was like can't everyone tell them in a bad fucking spot like fucking chill the fuck out Can we not break rules right now? Like we're in a pandemic. I'm having OCD about it. So I went to my room and I figured it out. And then the next day I was better. And then like two days later, something happened. And I, my spin outs became shorter and shorter. And I learned how to kind of stop and take, and that, that, that feeling I had the next morning, I could apply it a lot quicker. So then one night, uh, Georgia, it was, you know, and a lot of it is is a lot of it's real is that, you know, Georgia is just 16 and she doesn't want to be staying at home with her parents, but that's the fucking rule. And I'm kind of trying to hold strict to the rule. And then she's at time calling me on my shit. Yeah, yeah, but you, you do two bears, one cave. Why the fuck, why do you get to leave the house and go hang out with your best friend? And I can't go hang out with my best friend. My best friend's been tested. My best friend. And, oh, you went to the hospital, dad. You spent 18 hours at the hospital with Tom Segura. You don't think you could have gotten it there. Like, if you can do that, why can't I go ride bikes with my friends? And so it was a lot of like, and look, I don't mean to ever put Georgia and my shit out there and have people pick a side and go, she, she seems to be unfair. Burr, you're being unreasonable. I'm just telling you what happened in my life. And she said she wanted to do something. Which spun me out and she stabbed at me like, and I stopped and I went, Hey, I know things seem super unfair right now. And I, I have no reason for why it's unfair. And I, and I, I listened to what she said and I responded and then everyone, and then I deflated the situation and everyone was cool and she was all right. And she's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, it's fine. And then everyone was cool. And then I was like, hold on. I couldn't help it, dude. I go, hold on. Is no one going to pat me on the back for fucking killing this moment? And they're like, what? And I go, I'm in fucking therapy and I just did what my therapist told me to do. And I, I was a good fucking parent and no one's going to, and everyone's like, Hey, calm down. I was like, no one's going to fucking tell me I killed it. Are you fucking kidding me? And they're like, dad, you're kind of losing the point of being a good parent.
1: Dad, you're yelling at us right now. Just (laughs) telling us how much you're killing it at the moment. Can you calm down? No, seriously. Is nobody going to give me
0: the respect? You guys can suck my dick. Come on. My point is you're going to have a fucking blast. Today's podcast is brought to you by something we cannot keep in our pantry magic spoon. I love cereal. I love cereal in the middle of the afternoon. After I take a nap, I take a morning and afternoon nap every day. I like something sweet, but here's the thing. I don't want all the carbs. I'm trying to stay low, low, uh, low carb keto. I do keto most. That's why magic spoon is freaking awesome. If you're trying to cut down the carbs, sugars, unhealthy foods, you can basically have a bowl of magic spoon and it, it, it's such good freaking cereal that you don't feel guilty about 11 grams of protein, zero sugars, Only three net grams of carbs in each serving, and they got four flavors. They got cocoa. That's Isla's favorite. Fruity, that's Leanne's favorite. Frosted, we gave to my nephew, and he just eats them without putting them in milk. And fucking blueberry is through the roof. They're amazing. I swear to you, they are amazing. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Come on, son. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bert to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use sure to use our promo code BERT B-E-R-T at checkout to get free shipping. Free. I've been hanging out with Bill Burt too much. And Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's backed with a hundred percent happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they're gonna refund you your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Burt and use the code BERT for free shipping. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Tushy. Listen, there's a new something's burning coming out Friday. I think it's Friday. And Tushy, I got Tushy to give me a product. So I give it to my sister. Her son loves our Tushy. He sits on it and just sprays his ass. <laughs> so I said, you know how Teddy just sits on our toilet all day long? And he just sprays his ass. She's like, yeah. And I give her the Tushy. It's technically been around for centuries, but it, it, they've been hideously expensive, costing thousands of dollars. That's why. I'm introducing you to Hello Tushy 3.0 Modern Bidet Attachment. It's here to level the playing field. Stylish, eco-friendly, easy to install, and affordable. And and what's great is those wipes you've been using, they're horrible for the environment. The Hello Tushy 3.0 doesn't just clean your butt with Precision Stream fresh water. It cleans itself before and after the use with the Smart Spray Automatic Self-Cleaning Nozzle. Attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing. And cuts tape, paper, toilet paper use by 80%. So, Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself in just a few months because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe it all. You just poop, spray, get up and go. I love it. I love it. Listen, here's the deal. If you got poop anywhere on your body, would you just wipe it off with paper? Fuck no. You would wash it off with water and get it off your body. That's why I'm telling you, this spray is directly on your ass removes the poop completely so you aren't sitting on bacteria all day that leads the nasty things like hemorrhoids yeast infections utis and itchy assholes and skid marks bidets are all over the world just get one for yourself i'm telling you right now you save the money on toilet paper you're going to make your money back in a couple months you know i mean I, I, I use a little bit to pat dry but that's it fresh water on your ass not toilet water let me tell you something. Go to com slash BirdCast to get 10% off your order and free shipping. That's com slash BirdCast. Get 10% off your order and free shipping. I promise you, you will thank me when you see me next time in person. But we'll wrap up soon. I'll get you out of here. But tell me, I want to know, I, I watched the uh, clip of your dad and how, from the outside, I will say, how very different the two of you seem and i'm curious about that upbringing i'm curious about i'm curious i'm curious about a lot i want to know a lot about your dad and i and i say that because the older i get i get the more the more i appreciate men older than me where i go life wasn't what it is today the where where we are today where everyone kind of calculates what they say or what they may put out there or you double think like a tweet. I was going to tweet out today. Um, there's more progress is made between 1900 and 1910 than, uh, than, than any time in history proved me wrong. And then I realized that maybe there was maybe no social progress made then. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to put that out there. I'm just saying that the Wright brothers flew. There was a war between Russia and Japan. Like I was in my head, I was just, I wasn't thinking it through. Right. When it seems like to me, like your dad seems like a very unfiltered guy who lived a very, uh, very thumbprint unique life
1: oh yeah so he just did my podcast jeremiah wonders and it's honestly your podcast s-
0: you've, you've
1: you've had some fucking bangers i've had some I've, I've had some some good get you'll have to do it sometime because i think uh there there's a segment that i do once things chill out and something like that there's a wig segment that i do where we put on wigs and we do impressions and different characters. It's a very riffy kind of podcast, but I like to sit down with sometimes some people, depending on who the guest is, I kind of try to tailor it to them. So it was my dad. So we just did literally uh, a fireside chat in his backyard in Missouri. And it was wintertime and we just did it in uh, December. Um, and we sat down and I asked my dad, a ton of questions that I have either always wanted to ask him or I've been curious that I've been thinking about over the years and stuff like that. And he told me all about because my mom was his third wife. So I wanted to know about the first two wives. How old is your dad? He is 70 now. Really? He's seven. He looks good for his age, he dude. Really he really good He works out and he's very active and he's like, his his energy is like very vibrant and young. He's so got like great was, energy.
0: I, I, I want to drive everyone over to Jeremiah Wonders, but I do want to get a, I want to get the cliff notes on your dad. So your dad was born in Missouri?
1: He was born, I believe in Mississippi and he oh, was a, wow. uh he's born in Mississippi and he was a, uh, a missionary's kid. So he grew up in the Cayman Islands.
0: All right, let's let's slow roll this. So you're talking yeah. missionary's kid, born in the Cayman Islands. In the 70s. He was born in like 1944 I'm guessing, 1940. Uh he was born in 19 uh 49? 49, Okay, we adjust. Yep. So his his dad was a his dad did was his dad in World War 1? Uh World War 2. World War 2, I'm sorry, I'm World War 2. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm obsessed with history right now. Yeah,
1: so, my uh so- my his his dad was uh uh, as in, was in World War Two, and then uh, my dad was in the Marine Corps uh,
0: reserves. Was he? He was. Did, he did not go to Vietnam. No. Okay, so a missionary kid raised in the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. Big was your dad big with the water and boating and stuff like that?
1: Uh just fishing and just like more, just like just they live by the water. So they were at the beach like every day and stuff like that. So he, he still loves the water. He loves going to the ocean. Like we took like uh years ago, we took like a, uh, a road trip to Florida. And it's like one of my favorite memories of my dad, we bought boogie boards and like, (laughs) we're like down in like Destin, Florida while he's like on a sales trip. And he was like, (laughs) he was like racing cars at night. Like he, he has a, he has a need for speed. Like he, he has to like calm himself down. He like, he saw the movie, uh, the transporter when it came out with jason statham and it, like he got all excited and and he started like trying to race people in the streets and stuff like that like my dad's like very like he gets in his like modes of excitement so your dad
0: uh, big family or just your dad
1: uh i he has a, a sister and a brother so okay. i have an aunt and uncle on his side
0: yeah and so then your dad
1: did your dad go to college Uh, he did. I think he went to MU, but I don't think he graduated. I think that he, I think that he ended up working, um, just different jobs. He started like making good money, like outside, like, like hourly, like he was like working at Hallmark at one point and he was working, um, at, uh, some different like factories and stuff like that. And then he, he, he sold everything. He sold like AC, he sold fences, He's done phone sales, like
0: sighting, um, like everything. So, so a very, like, I think I would have made a great salesman. Very personable dude. Super personable. He, I mean, he, he can start cutting up with somebody immediately. You'd love, you'd love to be in the same room as my dad. I love, I love your dad. He shoots I love from the hip. Yeah. I loved your dad for the fucking 30 seconds you put up on him on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, how the fuck are they from the same? How, how is that? Cause your dad, the question you asked your dad, feel free to answer. You say it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I said, I said, do you remember the name of the girl that you lost your virginity to? And he goes, no, uh, she was a prostitute. I had to pay for it. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I found out on that podcast. I found out in that moment that my dad lost his virginity to a prostitute. He's where, never told where, me this. Where?
0: Where? I'm curious. What was this? This was in Missouri.
1: He drove to downtown Missouri he drove like to like the hood part and where he knew that there was prostitutes because he's he said that he kept hearing his buddies at work talk about like having sex. And he was just like this 19 year old guy that was like hanging his head and like wanted to be a part of the conversation. And he just drove downtown, got a prostitute and had sex. Shut up. And this is after he grew up so religious.
0: What kind of religion? Fre- Christianity or like- Christianity? Missionaries. Kid. So he had uh, But not he, like not like a weird Christian.
1: Um I mean <laughs> I don't know how, what, what what your caliber of weird is like well, in that I like, I,
0: like I don't know if it's like uh, like I don't know if it's some offshoot of a church that I like. Like rattlesnake shakers or something.
1: Oh, it wasn't quite that extreme, but um, it was called Church of God Holiness, which is very strict. Where like the women are not—they're not supposed to like wear makeup. They're not encouraged to wear makeup or jewelry, and, and the men are supposed to like wear pants. And
0: that's not like that's fucking stupid. What the fuck, <laughs> you got a bunch of frumps in your in your congregation. Ah, uh, Lord, thank you for delivering all these sixes here. They could be eights if we just fucking combed their hair, but they look like a bunch of. Loose cannons, gentlemen. No wonder <laughs> your dad didn't lose his virginity till he was nineteen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, because everybody had like, and uh, in that and in the church that I went to, all the women like put their hair up and like. But did you go to this church? I grew up going to, to that church. Like that, Yeah, I grew up, dude. I grew up super religious. So dude. I grew up. I I I grew up going to like church camps and stuff. Where in the summer, middle of July. In August, super hot outside. We had to wear pants to outside church, no AC, and they're just these wooden, like cardboard fans that you would fan yourself with, and they had Bible verses and hymnals on the back. That was all it had on the back of them. And you just fan yourself while you'd watch like these two-hour sermons in the middle of summer. Just like your oh, dad, your dad remained degree, religious. He he's been like this. Like he's, it's been real up and down. It's been extremes with, with my dad, his
0: entire life. Really? Does he drink?
1: Yeah. like, well, he has and hasn't like he he's had actual issues with it. Like where, like he had to, you know, where he like did the classes and stuff. And then he would like be completely clean
0: classes. Like AA and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, they have classes about drinking. I want to yeah, take. Yeah, you. yeah,
1: you it's me? a night school. Uh, you do it every night. <laughs> I would pass a- out classes. <laughs> yeah, I would be like,
0: this guy's a fucking natural. This guy's great.
1: Yeah, uh, you. Yeah, top of your class. You definitely be valedictorian <laughs> in that uh, in that night school. Uh, so yeah, my dad has like been all like very up and down with um with the extremes of being religious to then having nothing to do with it than to being saved again and like that whole thing. Like I've gone through many different uh phases with my dad over the years of of his uh like belief system and stuff like that. He's always believed in God, but there's just like how strict he is and how much he enforces it in his own life has changed like drastically
0: over the years. That's interesting. I believe in God. I, I believe in God I think i'll be the one of those guys that gets to heaven and god goes and i'm like oh shit there is a heaven and he goes you fucking idiot yeah he's like i knew you always wondered but like yeah I, I, you've been praying to me this whole goddamn time and you wondered and i'm like yeah i mean I don't he know.
1: uses his own name in vain yeah. oh
0: god oh me and so um and that's interesting what was your mom was your mom a religious person
1: She got more into the church Uh, like she grew up, uh, I think, uh, being um, Catholic as a little girl. She went to to mass and stuff like that. But then she got more into uh, the Protestant side of uh, Christianity when uh, my dad and her uh, got married and got together and stuff like that. They started going to church together. And uh, we all went to church together as a family for years and years before they got a divorce. Really? yeah
0: and then and then what was uh what was what you do why why did they get divorced just just grew apart just,
1: yeah just marital issues that they started having over the years and stuff like that and then like you know you you, you, you? you i would when the, by the time they actually split up i was 17 so i was I like a junior in high school that.
0: yeah it still sucks my parents split up when i was twenty one I think. Mm -hmm. And I had fucking issues with it. I had legit issues with it. Like I went, started going to therapy, but I was, I was never, I've never been, I've never been like, a. have always been like a boy, you know, like I've never been, I've never, my whole life. I feel like I've never been one of those people that goes, no, I understand that. This is tough, but I can get through this. I've always been the person that internalizes it and becomes a drama queen and like right. falls apart. And I think my my brain leans that direction. I think it thinks it's more fun, honestly. Mm-hmm. Were you tough? was it tough for you when your parents split up? Uh,
1: I think it definitely was. Um, yeah. I mean, because it, it was just such strange extremes. Uh, like I grew up knowing one thing. And then the rug was basically pulled out from underneath me because my, my parents started drinking and doing like drugs and stuff like that. Uh, did like, we talk about this
0: before? we um, talked about this.
1: No, I don't think so. We talked, we talked a little bit like on uh, the last time I was on a little bit about my parents' uh, divorce, how they would like get into it with each other. Like when they started like fighting and stuff like that. But my dad told me I've like, he told me like on the podcast that I just did with them. Cause my mom started dating a black guy, uh, right after they split up and they like moved in together. So I kind of had like a black stepdad for uh, a few years, like after they split up and my dad said on the podcast, he started, and I didn't know this about him. He said, yeah, I started dating a, a black girl after, uh, your mom and I split up to get back at her. I was like, what <laughs> to get back at her. What are you, what, what game are you guys playing? <laughs> Oh,
0: you think you can get one? I can get one too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. And so, so then, did you did you and your dad fracture for a while and not and like because when my my parents split up, I kind of distanced and distanced, distanced myself from my dad purposefully.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what's kind of difficult. Is so when my parents split up, we were given the decision of where we were going to move and that, you know, like who are you going to move with primarily that that's hard. Like as a, as a kid to be like, I'm choosing this because my sister and I moved in with my mom and then my brother moved in with my dad for real. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that was, that was hard for sure. And then, so oh, was your brother your brother oldest yeah he's uh he's 35 now yeah so my sister and i were at my mom's my brother like i think that my brother did it out of solidarity to my dad because he didn't like want to you know all the kids like that's a hard choice like when you start like choosing sides like that that's really the hardest thing because we were a little bit older so like we had to make the decision, but we weren't quite old enough to be like fully established adults yet. So we're like, I guess we're going over here. And then I'll just go and visit my dad out, (laughs) out where he lived, like out in Stillwell, Kansas, like kind of like more country side of, of Kansas. Uh, (laughs) and my brother and him lived like bachelors, just like complete, like, you know, just like food everywhere, guns out on the tables, just like, just like whatever, like, you you know, just complete like dudeville is like the complete opposite, like where my mom's house is like super clean and everything's like put together and stuff like that. So
0: yeah, it it was real weird. I've got to listen to this podcast with your dad. I, uh, I, I, I was very fascinated very quickly. I went, Whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of gold in there. Uh, the, the, um, the people who've watched it so far, like I've already told me they're like, this is one of, My favorite podcast you've ever done just because it's it's such a raw, honest conversation and he doesn't hold back at all. We even bring up like I asked him some awkward awkward questions because I I wanted to ask him where he was at because I wanted to tell him where I was at with like different beliefs and stuff. I brought up like I was like, what do you think of gay marriage and stuff like that, which. He's from Kansas and, and, and Missouri in that area and stuff like that. So he he's a, a much more conservative guy. And uh, so we really start dissecting and we go into some awkward stuff where it's like, you know, this is my viewpoints being from L.A. and like how I've grown as a human and like where I'm at now, somebody with gay friends and 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 somebody who is a little bit more open to, you know, the new age this new world that kind of that we're living in and and he's kind of set in like the past a little bit, but we had a dialogue about it, which was like, I don't know. I feel like that's a, a great way and a, a great healthy way to kind of just have a conversation about things like without rather than arguing about it, just being like, this is my viewpoint. What is your view, viewpoint? I'm genuinely interested to hear why you feel this way.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. And I, I don't feel like, you know, maybe you're not allowed to say this anymore, but I don't feel like people, your, whereas I may not agree with whatever your dad's view is, I don't know what it is. But whereas I may not agree with it, I do think it is important to have those conversations and let those conversations be heard. You know, one of the things that really bothers me, and I, I heard someone heard someone talk about this recently, was like, you know, it was Miss Pat maybe said that there's a lot of homophobia within uh, the black uh, community, and the fact that maybe that conversation isn't being had is is not is it's allowing it to not i want it to air out i want it to stop because i don't think they're i don't i don't i think homophobia is the dumbest fucking thing in the world i really do there's no the it's as it's it fucking makes no sense like it really makes no sense because you're like what the fuck does anyone like why does anyone really care i mean but but that's me and and look the truth is i Maybe I didn't always, maybe I wasn't always as open minded as I am today. But that's where I am today. Like I, I was a fucking meathead in college that used homophobic slurs to your friends nonstop as a way to communicate. The thing that you know, I, I you know, the that's how we spoke. And by the way, it's so yeah. fucked up that you can't even say you. Like I said the other day on a podcast, I was trying to say the that the f word gets confused for fuck instead of like I'll just say fuck if I want to say fuck. Like I'm when I say the f word, I mean the one that I'm try, that I don't say. And then I end up having to say it, so people go, "Oh, that word." You're like, "God damn it!" Yeah, that
1: word. Get your ducks in a row. All right.
0: I, I did it with Bill Bird the other day. I said, and "Then he's saying the f word," and you could see on Bill's face, he's like, "Why wouldn't you just say fuck?" And you're like, "God damn it, not that fucking f word." You fucking fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you call <them> it. <laughs> it's it, but it's uh but I don't know what I was trying to say but it I do think those conversations need to be had to get things. Well, I-
1: I, I think that's the same thing. Like, if, if more people had just dialogue about political views rather than getting so worked up and so hellbent hell on their point of view and stuff like that, it probably, it, I don't know if it, it, it is an immediate change, but it, it's at least like, oh, I see where you're coming from now. You know what I mean? Like, all people who believe this aren't like racist, maybe. But like they're coming at it from a different angle. Even though, like you know, in the last election or whatever, like people would label like if you vote this way, you are this. Uh-huh. And just by talking to those people, you end up if you actually have a conversation with them, it's like oh, they're coming at it from a different for different reasons. But like on paper, if you just see that, then if you're too extreme with it, then you're never going to understand the other person. Um,
0: uh, the the closed mindedness that's happening in this country right now is. Is debilitating, but yeah, I i think those conversations are I think that to have those conversations is important. I think that's a fucking look. I'm the most glad-handy motherfucker in the world. You're like, yeah, no shit they're important, Bert. God damn it. Fuck. All right. So tell me, so tell me more about the special and where everyone can get it. And 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 then give me your top five Jeremiah Wonders, where you could send me to five episodes that people listening right now can go download, listen to, and go oh fuck i love this
1: um yeah absolutely so i've got this stuff uh right here on the uh on the old screen these are all the platforms that you can find on uh, my special jeremiah watkins family reunion um apple tv prime right now uh google play it's a uh, it's an album right now that's on spotify uh apple music uh all that stuff so there's a lot of places it's on video on demand um uh, yeah, and uh, put a lot of love and uh, into that special. So, I'd love for you to check that out. I'm at Jeremiah stand up on social media. Jeremiah wonders some of the favorite episodes that people uh, really enjoy. Um, I do uh, episodes with uh, Bobby Lee's little brother. Do you know who that is, Stevie Weed? Yes, I
0: do. Yeah.
1: So, Steve Lee and I uh, have a great chemistry. We're called Scissor Brothers, um, because uh, in multiple episodes, we have uh, trimmed each other's pubic hairs with scissors
0: <laughs> and I'm already i'm already a fan
1: and uh it gets just real wild and silly um the bobby lee episode is a is a as a fan favorite for sure and then uh there's i do episodes on the road uh, that i call roadcasts that people really enjoy of me like uh with different comics in in the car like on the on the way destinations to different places and um yeah i mean there's there's so many like i've got like uh you know we're on we're like on 150 something so there's so many great comics that have been on the show that it'd be hard to uh to narrow it down to but there's there's a lot of fun ones uh, just, that are out there
0: i just went as soon as i said name me your five, top five motherfucker, i can't talk five, top five favorite episodes i was like i definitely couldn't do that like i'm looking at my oh fuck I'm looking at my episodes. I'm trying to think of the ones I've had, which are my favorite. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea how many episodes. Oh, that's not what I wanted to play. I have done 400 and this will be 448 episodes. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: That is a uh, tall order of episodes. That's a lot.
0: And I'm fucking, I only have like a hundred of them online. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking through my episodes right now. Pete Holmes, uh, if I mean, he and I on led some of people's favorite episodes uh, that I've done. He's been on a couple times. Uh, I've done a bunch uh, that there's some people's favorites um, with uh, our buddy Adam Ray, where Adam Ray we, is great.
0: I just had him on last week.
1: We go into full costume where he's been Dr. Phil and I've done some of my original characters where he's interviewing them uh, on my show and we we just do a half hour podcast where it's basically an improvised sketch show. We're in full costume, like head to toe wigs and everything. And then it's completely unscripted. And then we we find the through line together uh, as the episode unravels. And those are like really, really fun. But I mean, there's you know, there's there's so many great, great comics that have been on the show that that uh, those are just a handful people like eric griffin and i on the show a lot the history hyenas guys have made an appearance on the show
0: amazing they're coming on the podcast soon those guys are fucking
1: hilarious dude i just did their podcast out in new york and it was so fun i love riffing with those guys it was it was funny for me to see Giannis on rogan recently because Giannis is such a jokester that that even I think some of the, the jokes that he was doing were kind of going under the radar that that I think Joe was taking as like, as fact. And he's like, Oh, interesting. And I was like, dude, Giannis is like, like, he's like throwing so many, (laughs) you know, like, like jokes out in the ether. And Joe's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I I can see that. (laughs) And uh, and I can see Giannis being like, Oh, he didn't get
0: that one. (laughs) Uh, That's fucking great. Well, dude, congratulations. Congratulations on, on the new special. Uh, good luck with the baby. If you ever have any questions, let me know. If you need someone to babysit, I got two fucking mouth breathers in there that'll keep something alive for a day. Oh, I might take you up on that. You never know. Well, good luck. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Hey, and I, when, when everything gets back to normal, I want to come in and do a live episode of Jeremiah Wonders. I would love that, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll have so much fun. Awesome, brother. Congrats, man. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Really day appreciate stage. it.